Welcome to 501 Crossroads, your show all about nonprofits and the people that make the mission happen. I'm Marjorie Moore, President and CEO of Mind's Eye, and my personal mission is to make nonprofits stronger by identifying and fixing the rubs that so often come up between people and the mission. My fabulous co-host, the nonprofit ninja, Natalie Jablonski, is here. That's right. Specializing in helping nonprofits maximize their time, talent, and resources to achieve organizational greatness. Hey, Natalie. Hey, Marjorie. What are you doing today? Well, you know, I've been thinking. Um, Don't hurt yourself. I'm trying not to. <laughs> <laughs> what have you been thinking about? So giving circles. Have you heard of them? I've heard of them, but I'm really not sure what they are. And I don't even know if I'm in one. Is okay. That, well, that's, that's that's good to know. That's good. <laughs> that's fair. Is it like a hula hoop? Well, kind of. So these these things they're on the rise. Um, they're uh, clubs where people will give, and our our guest is going to explain a little bit more of these. Oh, good. These are on the rise. Connected to Give has found that one in eight American donors have given through a giving circle. So you've probably done it. Wow, you just may not even know it. Yeah, and um, or you may have just done it and thought, thought it was something else. But you know, we can't think about this trend as being a bunch of old, rich white women sitting around having tea, giving their money to their favorite charities anymore. Oh, I have a good visual with that, with my yeah. pinky up. That'd be great. Yeah. Exactly. But demographics are changing there too. So nearly half of all giving circles. Uh, are under 40. Um, And Americans of African, Asian, and Hispanic descent are joining giving circles at twice the rate of non-Jewish whites. That's impressive. So, you know, big trend here, nonprofits need to look out for. Yeah, our listeners need to know more about this too. So how do we give them more information? So our guest is here, Miranda Witherspoon Richardson. She's the founder of the Black Funders of St. Louis, and she's here today to help nonprofits make sense of this trend. So hi, Miranda. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Hey, Miranda. Thanks for being here. (laughs) Hi. Thank you for having me. Um, a little bit about myself. Um, St. Louis native, born and raised. Okay. Um, spent um, quite a bit of my adult career working um, at United Way of Greater St. Louis. We Worked love there. United Way. Yes, yes. Good organization. <laughs> Worked there a few years. Then I transitioned from there to the St. Louis City Health, Depar- Health Department. Sorry. Worked there in various roles from emergency preparedness to communicable disease, health promotions, managing grants, writing grants. So I did that for a little bit over five years. And then from there, transitioned from to Missouri Foundation for Health um, as the St. Louis Regional Program Officer. So I um, spent one month shy of five years. So I'll go ahead and say five years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> With Missouri Foundation for Health. And then October 2016, transitioned to my um, own consulting firm, MWR Consulting. Okay. MWR Consulting? Yes. All right. And do you yes. spoke, focus specifically on nonprofit with your consulting work? Um, nonprofits and for-profit, but um, the passion and interest is more or less around nonprofits. So working to advance racial equity by um, helping organizations build their capacity, community engagement, mobilization, and connecting communities to systems. That's awesome. Okay. Excellent. Well, um, I'm going to start because I, I have already said, I don't know what these are. So maybe I do, and I just don't <laughs> know what it is, and I've never heard it called a giving circle. So what is this giving circle hula hoop concept that I'm missing out on? <laughs> a giving circle is pretty much a non-traditional form of philanthropy. And so the premise is really on um, individuals collectively pulling resources. And that could be time or money. And from there, the collective body makes a decision on how the funds will be used. Oh. So it's really putting the emphasis on individuals um, being able to pool their resources collectively. So instead of everybody giving a $25 gift to a bunch of charities, everybody's really pulling in and making a, a real impact into a handful of charities. Right. Are the areas that they identify. Yes. Excellent. So this is probably something that I realized was happening. I just probably had not heard of this particular phrase. So good, exactly. good to know. Yeah. So, and I know we have a lot of them here in St. Louis. I know we've got the Spirit of St. Louis Women's Fund. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a, a young women's group starting up soon. 
I know there's one out of the uh, the Jewish Jewish Cultural Center. Um, found a lot, and then we found yours. Um, so we found you know a lot of them popping up here. It seems like it's a national trend. Yes. Um, so how what do you find? Um, how do you find being a part of a giving circle is attractive? And I'm kind of wondering how it's different than being a, a member of like a Lions Club or a Rotary or something like that. Yeah, that's a good question. Sure. So there are definitely some parallels between the Lions Club and the Rotary in terms of individuals coming together to do good work, mm-hmm. um, to paraphrase. Um, but I will say with the Giving Circle um, in terms of Black Funders of St. Louis, um, to your point, the Giving Circles is definitely a national movement. They've been around for a while. Um, a couple are popping up here in St. Louis, which is good. Um but I will say what sets um, Black Funders of St. Louis apart is it's really focused on building assets within the membership and the community and the organizations that are funded by the Black Funders. Um, not to take away from anything that the Lions Club or the Rotary Club is doing, but it's really focused on asset building. Okay. So kind of explain a little bit more of that. Are you kind of working, like really going to be focusing on some very specific organizations and getting them kind of like capacity building, things like that, or talk a little bit more about that. Oh, absolutely. So the Black Funders of St. Louis, um, the mission is around transforming the Black community. So mm-hmm. how do we improve the well-being of Black children, Black youth, Black adults, and Black, and black families? And we do that in two ways. So we do that by awarding grants, but then also by providing capacity building service projects to Black-led organizations. So when I talk about asset building, it's Blacks giving back to Blacks. So Mm -hmm. membership is open to individuals or couples who self-identify as Black. And then the funding goes to support organizations that are Black-led. And we define Black-led as the president or the CEO or executive director as a person who identifies as Black. And their mission aligns with Black Funders of St. Louis. That's awesome. So do most people come together in a giving circle because they have something in common with regards to like Black Funders of St. Louis, specifically with that giving cycle of helping that demographic? Or do people come together because they want to help a specific cause and it's more general or is it more of a social thing? What what do you think is the big draw for people to come together? I think the common interest. um, Give me circles all over the world focus on different things from focusing on women and girls, focusing on education, focusing on after school programming, focusing on social justice. There are just a number of things that um, bring people together and uh, various reasons as to why giving circles have formed. And so I would say that common interest is really what brings people together. Awesome. So how did you decide to start the Black Funders of St. Louis? Sure. So um, I have a pretty um, extensive background in philanthropy, you know, my role with United Way and then transitioning from there um, to Missouri Foundation for Health. And one thing that I observed um, while in that role was the need um, for services and also looking at where the services and funding um was supporting, I guess I should say, or where the funding was going, um, and not necessarily birthing this out of the lack of something, but really looking at it as an opportunity to drill down on ways to build assets. Um, one thing that I think that sometimes um, we struggle with is that because something does not exist, we want to create something so that we fill that gap. And that's not always a bad thing. However, really looking at Black funders as a way to build the assets. So when we think about the Black funders of St. Louis Giving Circle, we think about it from a three-pronged approach. So how do we support and improve the community? How do we support and improve the organizations, the nonprofits? But then also, how, also sorry, how do we support and improve membership? And so 
with that, thinking about a vehicle to provide the support that would not necessarily, um, I guess, hinder organizations or um, create a process that is so um, discouraging in some ways, Mm -hmm. just being in philanthropy for so many years and just hearing firsthand from organizations that are led by black and brown leaders or small or rural or community-based organizations, individuals often feel overwhelmed with the application process. They feel overwhelmed with the, um, their infrastructure in terms of their ability to be able to apply and do the reporting. Um, and so looking at this as a way to really be able to support the needs of the community. That's really cool. I guess in, I see probably another big thing that may come out of this in the long term is, you know, we, we certainly see it in red studies on minority leadership and nonprofits being just such a, a small group mm-hmm. and, you know, maybe helping more minority leaders in St. Louis come up and lead some of these organizations, especially as kind of getting these baby boomers out of the, out of the way. Right. No, I definitely <laughs> agree. And then also, too, looking at it from the standpoint of these are viable organizations that are in the community. And how do we help these organizations remain viable mm-hmm. and sustainable? And part of that is that capacity building. So how do we give back through not only our finances, but our time and our talent so that we're able to help these organizations remain viable. So as a member of uh, a circle, what are some of the benefits that individuals receive by being together and working together? Absolutely. So in terms of the Black funders, um, the benefits would be having a voice and a place in the decision-making process. So kind of deciding where the funds will go Mm -hmm. um, in terms of what organizations we will support, but then also helping to set the future direction of the giving circle. So um, a lot of the infrastructure is in place in terms of how we will move forward, but then there are a lot of things that are still undecided. So if you're a member, you have a voice in this process and helping to determine the future role of the Black funders in terms of where we go, um, how do we see ourselves, how do we remain viable to the community and so forth. I would think too, as members, that it's probably empowering for them to be around other people who have similar passions and desires to make change, to implement change on mm-hmm. in an area that's important to them and uh, creating a, some social aspect of, within that, a social circle, if you will, of ha- having common interests and knowing that you're empowering each other and, and doing something exciting. Absolutely. And I think, too, just to piggyback on that, um, it's an educational opportunity that um, individuals often want, mm-hmm. but don't necessarily know how to go about you know, receiving it. So, yes, I agree. That's awesome. So how, what has the response been as you've been recruiting members? Because you guys haven't done your first grant cycle yet. You're kind of going into that soon? Yes. Yeah, so, correct. We have not done our first grant cycle. Um, we're still in the process of securing additional members as well as additional um, financial support so that we are able to award our first grant cycle. Um, but the response so far has been overwhelmingly um, positive. People are excited. They feel like this is something that we need. How can we get involved? And one thing that I really try to emphasize to individuals is that, you know, you may not have the $300 financial commitment to be a member. However, think about how you can give your time and talent because that translates into dollars when you um, look at the amount of hours that have been invested into an organization or organizations to help them build our infrastructure. So really thinking about how do we collectively pull our time, talent, and money to get back. 
So there are thousands of nonprofits out there and I'm underestimating, right? <laughs> yes. uh, and they're, and they're all fans of 501 Crossroads and we appreciate that. <laughs> uh, but really like, how do you set the parameters on the types of groups that you will look for applications from when you're starting a, a site, a circle like this? Sure. So for the Black Funders of St. Louis, it was very intentional and explicit to support Black-led organizations whose mission aligns with the Black funders. So who's working to who's working in the community to transform the well-being of the community. Um, so you defined it both geographically as well as the output of what they are producing. Yes. And so um, with that, we recognize that still is somewhat of a large number of organizations and we didn't want to narrow the focus and, for lack of better words, weed organizations out or even members who may be interested in a particular um, focus area. Um, we didn't want to do that. We wanted to keep it broad so that we were able to support organizations. And one thing about supporting organizations is that we're not, ne- not necessarily looking at programming. Mm-hmm. We're looking at operations. So how do we help organizations sustain? Oh, that's a really cool kind of bend on the whole thing because, yeah, so often we get told, okay, well, here's your grant for this specific thing. And Mm -hmm. if you don't spend it all on this piece of equipment or person or whatever, you know, the the grant is for, well, you've got to give it back. But, Mm -hmm. you know, operations is that that's the gold money. (laughs) Yes. And a lot of foundations are not funding operations. Mm -hmm. And and you find that that's what most organizations need, yeah. operational support. And what I see is nonprofits going project after project after project and because they're going after the grant money where the grant money's at. Mm-hmm. And they almost get discombobulated as an organization trying to figure out what their real purpose is because mm-hmm. they're trying to chase the dollars that will keep the organization alive with the core of the mission. But the mission keeps kind of getting stretched and pulled and turned. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And I feel so bad for nonprofits who have that problem. And they say, well, Nelly, no one wants to fund the most important thing, which mm-hmm. is operations. They, mm-hmm. You can have this money, but don't use it on the following things. You know, salary, uh, any overhead that costs with supplies. Don't use it on utilities. Heaven mm-hmm. forbid you use it on rent for your location. Mm-hmm. And, right. and yet, what are the big things that most nonprofits have? Salaries, supplies, rent, <laughs> utilities. Like, yes. you have to have those in order to be able to do the program. And I, I feel so bad for those nonprofits who are going through that struggle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is a lot of them. And it's unfortunate because the funders are putting them in this position. You're I mean, right. there are organizations who are doing great work, but yet the funder wants to see a new project. They don't want to fund the same project, although some organizations don't need to start a new project. They need mm-hmm. to keep doing what they're doing, but right. the funding yeah. doesn't allow for that. So it forces organizations to keep creating something new or to, you know, unfortunately participate in mission creep just Mm -hmm. to try to secure additional funds to keep the doors open. And I think that kind of jumping from grant to grant and project to project really hurts your outcomes in the long Mm -hmm. run too, because, you know, you've got your your core project that's maybe kind of wavering because you're focusing on all these other things. And it's hard to get, I mean, for, for my organization anyways, and I would assume a lot of others, it's hard to get outcomes after a year of a project. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so that you get outputs, but yeah. outcomes are yeah. totally different. Right. <laughs> totally different. Right. So for our <laughs> listeners out there who have influence in the area of granting and, and funds requests, and maybe they're, they're looking at that, or you're out serving on a board, try to keep that in mind. And that although we love that you want to inspire change by having new and fun projects, uh, there is a lot of inspiration that can be found in the core of operations. Mm-hmm. And, uh, maybe uh, think twice about dangling that golden carrot too far away from the mission. Mm -hmm. Because lights are important. Lights are very (laughs) important. Well, what do you think surprised you the most throughout this process, this creation? 
Ooh, I've stumped her, Marjorie. I love when I can do that. I know you have. <laughs> I do that with Marjorie once in a while too, and that's usually when she drinks wine. So yeah. <laughs> don't worry, we don't have any wine. I know, no wine today. No wine on ones today. Nothing right. but water. Um, I will say, I will say the overwhelming response um, in terms of support. Mm-hmm. Um, individuals wanting to know how they can get involved. Um, just the positive feedback. Not that I didn't expect, or not that we didn't expect that people would support it, but just to hear people vocalize that this is great, this is needed, keep it up, um, let me know how, if I can be of assistance. And just that positive feedback is always good. And it's not that we're great, but we, we started. So we're trying to get on the road to being great. So um, just the positive feedback from everyone, I would say, is surprisingly good for us. So, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I've been watching your Facebook page and seeing you know your, your event uh, uh, RSVPs just go up, 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 up for everything you guys do, which is amazing. I'm really excited yes, to see that. You. Very encouraging for this community, for certain. So um, do you think that participating in a giving circle is kind of the major way that most of your members donate to nonprofits, or do you think one of many ways? I think it's one of many ways. Um, one thing about St. Louis is this is a very giving community. Mm-hmm. The metropolitan area, St. Louis metropolitan area, is a very giving community. So people give through a number of vehicles, whether that's through their church or through their place of employment, um, through the Girl Scouts. I mean, it's just Mm -hmm. a number of ways that people are giving back. And so I think Giving Circles is just um, one of those vehicles for how people can give. Um, I do think that people are very giving here. Um, And so with that, I think people are just giving different ways. I know I've heard a lot of stories from other nonprofit leaders where they'll apply to, to receive funds from a Giving Circle and they may not be funded through it. But members of the Giving Circle will then turn around and say, but I really like that one. We'll actually personally give to those organizations, which I think is awesome. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I've always I've always appreciated that chance to get our mission out in front of other organizations and, and in front of people who are philanthropically minded, who may not have ever heard of our organization. And I, I know a lot of nonprofits out there. I think that that may be the biggest draw for, for nonprofits other than the, the funds, which we <laughs> yes. Yeah, the funds are good. Yeah. <laughs> but awareness building is huge. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's great whenever donors have the ability to diversify their giving strategies. Mm-hmm. Uh, it allows them to get involved with organizations in different ways mm-hmm. so they can be inspired and empowered by their giving circle and, you know, work with that same group, but then also be educated. Like you had mentioned, an advantage of here's other different organizations that maybe mm-hmm. you haven't heard of, but match some of the things that you have said you have an interest in which then allow them to participate in event giving or participate perhaps in uh, something that they'd like to do online, or maybe there's a recruitment event for volunteering. And I I love whenever I hear a donor talk about how they diversify their philanthropic, you know, strategies and Mm -hmm. whether it's a business or an individual, because I think that really gives them the the power to do more in an area that they love. Mm -hmm. And that's a win-win for all of our nonprofits. Yes, I agree. So one of the things that I'm kind of wondering is, you know, if somebody, you know, has been kind of inspired by this conversation, goes, gosh, there is a a topic or an area that I really love. And I've got a lot of friends that I think I can pull from. Kind of what are the steps of getting a giving circle started? Or is there a need for more? Or what do you think there? Yeah. Or how (laughs) should they be reaching out? to find one that they like too, yeah. if they decide that's a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is a lot of work, but it's good work. Um, in terms of starting a giving circle, most giving circles use a fiscal sponsor um, so that they don't have to apply for a 501c3. So you have to identify a 
the school sponsor to provide that financial oversight for your giving circle. I would suggest forming, um, some people call it a board, we call it an executive working group, founding members to kind of help strategize on um, what this will look like. So putting in place policies and procedures and just that infrastructure that the giving circle will need. Um, think about who's like-minded in terms of supporting a cause that identifies with you. So if it is um, youth, you know, how do you go out and talk to other people who may be also interested in youth? And how do you, you know, begin a conversation to strategize on the need for a giving circle and what that can look like for you and a group of individuals as you start the conversation and begin to implement um, a giving circle? Again, it is a lot of work, but it's good work. Um, and there is a, a network, a national network, um, CIN, Community Investment Network, which um, I know they target um, giving circles. Um, in terms of being able to provide support and capacity for those organizations, or I should say giving circles, that could be a resource um, for individuals who are thinking about getting started in terms of being able to ask questions, think about all the steps and so forth. Awesome. So those organizations that uh, support giving circles, are we talking like the community found local community foundations or for-profit organizations that have a foundation or uh, typically where would where would one start with something like that? Well, it's a number of ways you could go about it. You could go go through your local community foundation. Um, you could probably go through your local United Way. Mm -hmm. To your point, a lot of for-profit organizations have a nonprofit or a foundation side of it. And so you possibly, if you have a relationship or want to form a relationship, you could mm -hmm. go that way to go that route as well. Unfortunately, in St. Louis, we don't have what a lot of the um, East and West Coast organizations have, which is like a infrastructure that is solely focused on being a fiscal sponsor. Mm. And so that is also a vehicle in terms of being able to get that support that you need. We don't have one here. So um, like I said, the, your, your community foundation or your United Way or some of the larger nonprofits um, are in the capacity play that role as a fiscal sponsor as well. And then if I am listening to this and I'm inspired by which, of course, I am, because I, I was really excited about today's show, learning more. And I say, oh, that seems like a lot of work, but thank you. I just would like to find one that maybe would fit me. Uh, is there a place that I should be searching? Obviously, I know you could just Google it like my kids tell me all the time. Just Google it, mom. Uh, but is there uh, a place you would suggest they start or um, maybe specific words that they should look for when they're searching? Um, I think the Community Investment Network is a good place to start because those are the giving circles that are registered with the Community Investment Network, but it's still a good number of them to get started. I mean, yes, you could Google and you can Google giving circles and then you, they'll start to populate in terms of what's out there. Um, if you're, if you have a particular focus, whether it's youth or animals, I would just Google, you know, um, youth focused giving circles. And if there's a particular area, geographical area that you're looking at, I would just include that in the Google search. Um, unfortunately, there isn't like a database mm. with all of the giving circles and where you could go to find it because that would be ideal and nice, but it doesn't exist. So Google and I guess the Community Investment Network would be a good place to start. I guess that would be a good place to start if you're trying to find them to get funding from some too, right? <laughs> true, true. <laughs> well, speaking of which, so if uh, on the other side, if we're listening to this and they're looking and searching, I'm always wondering too, it's the too good to be true mm -hmm. concern. So are there anything that we should be looking for that would perhaps make it that we should be questioning if it's a legitimate giving circle to make sure that it's valid? Should they be registered with something or should they have some sort of certificate or seal or something that would say this is a real legitimate giving circle, not a, 
a hoax that's from somewhere that's just going to take your money and walk. Right, right. (laughs) Uh, Somewhere from uh, another third world country that's just listening and trying to steal your money type of thing. That's what I worry about when you get online. So Mm -hmm. uh, anything particular that they should be looking for? That is a valid concern. I do think that most, like before I started in my initial research, when I was um, finding out about different giving circles all over, um, most of them had websites and um, they all provided information like on their physical sponsor. There was a contact number. Um, there were pictures, you know, it, 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 you know, it added some validity to the giving circle. Um, if there are concerns and you can't call anyone, um, or you can't connect them to a fiscal sponsor or you can't find, you know, a 501c3, 501c3 documentation, then yeah, I probably would pump the brakes in terms of sending money. Mm-hmm. Um, but at least, you know, if they have contact information and um, who is their fiscal sponsor, you can always call and verify that this information is accurate before sending money. Good. Good tips. So five years down the road, where are you hoping that the Black Funders of St. Louis is, is going to be? How many how many grants are you hoping to give out? How many volunteer <laughs> projects? <laughs> yeah, um, our goal for five years is to raise one million dollars. That's amazing, um, right? And it's a big goal, but we believe that we can do it. Um, as I mentioned earlier, St. Louis is a very um, giving community, so we're hoping that people will continue to give and understand the importance of giving. Um, in terms of grants, right now we're looking at two cycles per year. And so ideally, our goal is to spend the money down. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have in our operating principles, we have to keep so much in, ter- in our account in terms of being able to maintain um, administrative expenses that come with the giving circle. But ideally, our goal is to spend the money down. So we mm-hmm. don't want to be like the traditional foundation who only spends 5% and the rest sits. We really want to mm-hmm. get the money out the door to the community so that we're able to begin that process and transform the community. Nice. Get the work done. And- yes. Nice. I like that that method. I love the goal. Congratulations and good luck. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) So we've got a couple minutes left. Natalie, uh, I'm not sure sure you've got an answer to this one, but (laughs) (laughs) do you think a a giving circle has impacted your work at all or do you know? You know, probably a lot more than I realized Mm -hmm. just because I, the the phrase itself was kind of new to me and I heard, I've heard of groups and funds. And when you mentioned some of the different types, I'm like, oh yeah, I know that one. I know that one. So Uh, familiar with it, just never really thought of them as a giving circle. And I think that's probably because they've established themselves so much as an organization that uh, I didn't just associate them in that way. But I think the biggest piece was we applied actually for a grant from a giving circle locally in the St. Louis metropolitan mm-hmm. area. And they responded back that we were not in their geographical service area. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was very interesting. And so I went on their website and I thought, what did I miss on this? And sure enough, it said that it focused on the following areas and we were in that area Mm -hmm. and I was very confused by it. So I just called and said, I got this and I'm wondering if maybe your giving uh, priorities have changed based on your website. And they said, well, no, it's, we only fund the St. Louis area, not the Metro East area because I work on the Metro East side. And I'm like, but your website says the metropolitan St. Louis metropolitan area, including the following areas. And it went through like St. Louis City, St. Louis County, Metro East, and Metro East was listed. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, uh, funny enough, the website got updated very shortly afterwards <laughs> and Metro East was taken off. So I always caution people who live in big metropolitan areas that when they are putting together a grant from mm-hmm. that experience, mm-hmm. that they actually have someone who understands the geographical terminology, that they're going to say the Chicago metropolitan area or the Seattle metropolitan area, whatever that might look like, mm-hmm. what is that commonly known as? And maybe make sure that you clearly define that on your uh, journey. Otherwise, you're going to get applicants that 
have went through all the um, hoop spells and whistles that you've asked them to do in the mother may I, and you say, no, you may not because just kidding. We didn't have use the right terminology. So exactly. that's been one of my experiences that maybe not hit me in the right way, but I learned a lot from it. <laughs> and Miranda, prior to starting this, did you have a, a giving circle that impacted the work that you were doing or? Um, I will say my first encounter with the Giving Circle, not as a member, but just learning about their work, was is the Black Benefactors. So they're based out of Washington, D.C. Um, similar mission around improving the well-being of Black communities. And I think they focus more on youth and education. And so just learning from them about their process, how they got started and talking to the founder and some of the founding members really inspired me to say, wow, we could use this here at home in St. Louis and what would this look like here? And so um, that giving circle um, and that, well, that engagement with that giving circle really kind of inspired me to move forward with the Black Funders of St. Louis. That's awesome. Marjorie, what about you? Um, so we had a, a really great experience with one a couple of years ago. We had actually applied for a grant and they're, they're, this particular giving circle's grant process is, is very arduous. <laughs> Many steps, lots of paperwork. Um, but we were able to get, I believe like it was a $10,000 grant, which we were able to put in a pile of a bunch of other grants. And that's actually how you have this lovely studio that you're sitting in oh. right now is part of, uh, is actually part of a giving circle gift. So nice. it's the gift that it. keeps on giving because they gave to you and now we are giving to the mm-hmm. nonprofit community. So exactly. I don't know if they even realized at that point how big their impact was going to be. Oh, exactly. You should tell them. You should definitely tell <laughs> yes. them and yes. have them tell listen them to this show and tell them thank you, right? <laughs> we thank you, Giving Circles. So thank you so much, Miranda, for coming on. Um, if our listeners want to get a hold of you to learn more about Black Funders of St. Louis, oh, yeah. how should they contact you? Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Um, they can contact us on our website, which is www.blackfunders with the S stl.com. We're on Facebook, um, the Black Funders of St. Louis. We're also on Twitter and Instagram, um, Black Funders STL. Awesome. Hey, I am so glad you came to join us today. Thank you so much for educating our audience and me and Marjorie and helping us be inspired for more Giving Circle opportunities in our community. So thanks. Thank you. And thank you to all of you for joining us on 501 Crossroads. 501 Crossroads is recorded at the studios of Mind's Eye Radio and is produced and hosted by me, Marjorie Moore. And me, Natalie Jablonski. Mike Curtis is our sound engineer. Please go to iTunes or Stitcher or your favorite app and subscribe and leave us some feedback so others can find us. You can find us on Facebook at 501 Crossroads. Thank you for listening. And remember, we're all working towards the same outcomes.